بسم الله الرحمن الرحیم لا حول ولا قوة الا بالله العلی العظیم الحمد لله رب العالمین و صلی الله علی سیدنا و نبینا ابل قاسم المصطفى محمد و علی آله الطیبین الطاهرین لا سیما بقیت الله فی الارضی Trusting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we start our second session on self-knowledge. In the previous discussion we talked about the concept of self-knowledge that is ma'rifatul nafs and its significance. And in particular we mentioned some verses of the Quran and some hadith. So inshallah we are going to continue this discussion today and talk as well about some of the benefits that we can get from self-knowledge. I would like to reflect again on the verse 19 from chapter 59 in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim Wala takunu kalladheena nasullaha fa'anthahum anfusahum Ula'ika humul fasakun Do not be like those who forgot God and then God made them forget themselves. These it is that are the transgressors. So we see a link between forgetting God and forgetting ourselves. And for sure this cannot be unless if there is a link between knowing and remembering ourselves and knowing and remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so there is a connection between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the more we know about ourselves the more we know about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and again the more we know about Allah the more we know about ourselves because we and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are closely connected. Allah is our Lord. And His impact on us is so great that every aspect of our life every aspect of our existence if it is understood properly can be an ayah a sign of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is quoted as saying man arafa nafsahu faqad arafa rabbahu whoever has known himself has known his lord if we know ourselves properly we have known our lord so allama tabatabai rahmatullah alayhi says that this ayah la takunu kalladheena nasullaha fa ansahum anfusahum do not be like those who forgot Allah and Allah made them forget themselves Allah Metabatabai says this ayah refers to the same fact which is mentioned also from another angle by the prophetic hadith man arafa nafsahu faqad arafa rabbahu and there is a logical term here we say aksan naqid so for example we say if there is sun 
there is light so if there is no light means there is no sun if P then Q if there is no Q so it means there is no P this is a logical relation between a proposition and the opposite to that proposition in any case what is important for us is to know that those who have better understanding of themselves have better understanding of the Lord those who know about themselves who remember who they are who remember what is available for them who reflect on their own behavior these are the people who know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala better the other words that we want to reflect on today is verse number 105 of chapter 5 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا عليكم أنفسكم لا يضركم من ضل إذا احتديتم أو those who believe عليكم أنفسكم take care of yourself be concerned with yourself those who go astray those who are misguided those who are misled would not harm you if you are guided if you are on the right path those who are not on the right path would not harm you the way towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is different from the way towards dunya in dunya in the worldly affairs someone who goes wrong may create problem for others for example if there are 10 people who are doing business the same business if one of them does something wrong it may affect the whole business of these 10 people If, for example, one of them, by some, you know, illegal ways, you know, makes the price very low, or you know, for example, you know, violates the regulations, then something may happen, a new law may come, or for example, you know, the market may collapse. So lots of things may happen. If, for example, in dunya we are all for example driving on a motorway if someone drives in a wrong way then all of us may suffer may have accidents may have problem if we are going for example as a group for sightseeing or for for example holidays we are in a plane if some passengers are not careful about the hygienic events, for example. We all may get poisoned, for example, or the germs may, you know, go around in the plane. So, in dunya, some people who do wrong or are careless, it's possible to create problems for others you are walking very nicely on the street but then you know someone may come by a bicycle or motorcycle and hit you but this is not the way that it works for the eternal journey in journey towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you make sure that you are on the right track you are careful no, nothing and no one can stop you or harm you. They cannot even slow you down. What can they do? 
the maximum that they can do is to persuade you not to move to force you not to move but still you have the power to decide if despite all the persuasions all the forces you want still to follow this path that's it no one can stop you this is a decision that we have full control let's look at the history when Bilal embraced Islam Bilal al-Habashi the companion of the Prophet when he embraced Islam he was under pressure by his master to go back to the ideas of the idol worshippers his master put pressure on him and tortured him in very hot days of the Arab Peninsula they used to put heavy rocks which were very also hot on his chest and forcing him to say that he doesn't believe in Ahad in the one God he believes in the idols but he wanted to keep his faith what was the result of all those pressures the result was that his faith became even stronger it is true that he suffered he went into pain but it didn't stop him to continue his journey toward God indeed these pressures has speeded up his journey toward God as the Quran says that the believers when they are faced with challenges it doesn't increase them except in their faith and in their submission to God so in your journey toward God even if you are put under pressure even if you are tortured even if you are imprisoned even if you are killed this doesn't stop you going your way this doesn't stop you moving fast towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so what I'm trying to say is that if someone wants to be good if someone wants to follow the right path no one would harm him the only thing that we have to be worried is if we give in if these pressures and persuasions make us to change our mind if they make me change my mind and I say okay leave this way I want to enjoy a very uh, so-called nice life I want to be like other people like anyone else then that's different if you change your mind that's different if you give in if you surrender that's different but as long as you want to be a good pious person no one can harm you so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says لَا يَضُرُّكُمْ مَنْ ظَلَّ if you are on the right path those who have gone astray they don't harm you okay now there is an important question the late Allah Metabatabai here says that what does it mean alaykum and fusakum you must be careful about yourselves you must be concerned with yourselves take care of yourself what does it mean does it mean that this ayah is telling us we should forget our responsibilities towards others we should forget to enjoy the good and prohibit the bad for example should forget that we have responsibility of educating the people who don't know 
in other words, does this ayah suggest that we don't have any social responsibilities, anything to do for our community, for humanity? No. For sure, this is not what this ayah says. The ayah says that you must not forget yourself even for a second. You must be concerned with your own progress and development. You must be concerned with your journey towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You should never let forgetfulness and negligence take away your awareness and consciousness. You must be always alert. Okay, when you are alert and careful, what will you do? You perform your personal duties and you perform your social duties. You pray and fast and go for Hajj. At the same time you give alms. At the same time you try to share your knowledge with other people. At the same time you enjoy the good and prohibit the bad. So you do whatever is needed, but in a spirit of understanding, of awareness, of consciousness. We should not let anything, even a very good work for the community, to forget, to make us forget ourselves. You know, sometimes people may have very good intention at the beginning and then they start something for the community, for humanity, for tabligh, for Islam but gradually this takes them away from the intention that they had in the beginning from understanding that they had in the beginning and this by itself becomes like an uh, idol. I, for example, do something for tablir, I do or I do something for education, and then I become so much impressed. I become so much obsessed with what I am doing that I may even forget why I'm doing this. If I'm not forgetting this, then I wouldn't mind if another person can do this job. Indeed, I would be happier if someone else can do the same job, even better than me. I would be happier and I would help him. Or for example, I don't let everything occupy my mind and time and then I hardly have time for my prayer or my relation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, it's very important that we always do something with awareness and understanding. You may do something very important for the society, for the community. For example, just something very simple. You may be day and night working for the, for example, poor or for the ill and sick people or for the uneducated people. You can work day and night and still not gain that much. Why? Because you don't know what you are doing and why you are doing. What is your intention? Are you mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or not? So we have to be careful. Even good things can sometimes make us forget our aim and our intention. So, the idea is not to neglect your social responsibilities. The idea is not to forget what you have to do for the improvement of the conditions of the life of other people. No, this is not the idea. The idea is that always have proper understanding of yourself, your intention, your purity, your relation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you have this, then nothing would harm you. So, this is 
a very important ayah in the Quran that we have to remember about self-knowledge then we want to shift to some of the benefits of self-knowledge of course we have already mentioned some of the benefits and I am sure that you have yourself many ideas about the benefits of self-knowledge but it's good always to remember and to review these benefits especially I would like to mention just two three of them in the book self-knowledge you find more and I'm sure you yourself if think come up with very nice ideas but I will share with you two three of the benefits of self-knowledge that are I think the most important ones or at least amongst the most important ones one of the benefits of self-knowledge is that when we realize that we have great potentials then we will never be satisfied easily you know if you know that you can become a top for example scientist in any field, in for example tafsir, in fiqh, in philosophy, in chemistry, in mathematics, if you know that you have this talent for being the top scientist, then you would not be satisfied just by being able to read and write. Of course it's very important to be able to read and write, but uh, shall I be satisfied if I just can read and write? Or even I, for example if I can just finish high school? or get my undergraduate degree? No. You have such a great talent that you can become top scientist. Why should you be satisfied with something less? Or if in your business, for example, you can, for example, have a business internationally successful, why should you be satisfied with a business just in your neighborhood? Even something on a national scale may not satisfy you because you know that, that you have the talent you know that there is ground for that There's, there are lots of good opportunities so you would do your best to reach the maximum you can perform if there is a for example a sportsman for example someone who is a runner and he knows that he can you know strike a new record so would he be pleased just to be doing well like any other one no he would do his best to have the maximum performance we human beings as we said before have been given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala great capacities and indeed we can say infinite capacity for expansion for growth for progress we have been given the ability to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even closer than angels we can become very pious and pure servants of Allah like angels and even better why should we be satisfied by something less there is a beautiful hadith which says that beware Allah inna thamana abdanikum al-jannah you can, if you like, you can make note of this hadith. This hadith says that beware the price of your body is heaven. So do not sell it cheaper. With what you can do by your eyes, by your ears, by your hands, by your legs, by your lips, you can achieve heaven so if you do something and then gain less than heaven then it means that you have sold your good in a lower price 
this is not good business if I can achieve heaven which is eternal and then I instead of that I'm satisfied with something less and you know the whole dunya is little Allah says about dunya mata'un qalil is little enjoyment little good so if I'm satisfied by something less than heaven it means that I am not good businessman I'm not clever person and Ayatollah Jawadi Amuli may God prolong his life and the life of our ulama he has beautiful point here he says the hadith says heaven is the price for your body what about the price for your spirit for your soul that must be even greater and what is greater than heaven greater than heaven is the creator of heaven is the Lord of heaven so a clever person even is not satisfied by just being in heaven he wants to be in the highest position in heaven to be closest or amongst the closest people to God to the extent that Imam Ali says in Dua Kumail it doesn't bother me whether I am in heaven or not if I have you I'm not one of those people who just want to be in heaven and enjoy the pleasure of the heaven having you know good drinks or fruits and foods and you know good uh, company I want you so this is something that we can gain if we have self-knowledge of course this is not difficult to understand but if we have proper understanding of ourselves then this becomes so obvious that then would not be questioned because unfortunately sometimes we question our knowledge it's a very important idea sometimes we know something but because we don't want to do it we question what we know and this leads to doubt this is raib which is sometimes used in the Quran in this sense if you know something don't put your knowledge into doubt sometimes for example I know there is a needy person who needs my help and I don't want to help because I am busy or I, you know, I want to keep my money for myself or whatever so what I do is I don't say honestly to myself you know this is a genuine case and you have to help if you are not helping at least don't deny this no I don't say like this I say mm, yes let me think maybe he's not uh, really needy maybe there is someone who is more needy maybe in mm, future I come to know someone who is more needy so let me keep this money for someone and the result is that you question your own knowledge and in the end you don't do anything it's not that you give it to another person you don't do anything if you know something if I know something we should never let it become weak and loose okay so self-knowledge helps us to keep active the things that we already know and also to increase many things that uh, a normal person may not know here there is a beautiful hadith which we should reflect on if you look at page 29 according to the second edition which is in the chapter 2 
There is a hadith from Nahjul Balagha from Imam Ali alayhi salam, which is uh, Maxim 441. Imam Ali alayhi salam says, Man karumat alayhi nafsuh, hanat alayhi shahawatuh. Whoever views himself with respect, views his desires with disdain. If you are a person who has value for himself, who recognizes his own value, then you will not be pleased with small things, with bad things. You know, for example, a person who comes from a very noble family, automatically he would not do many things because he finds it bad for himself disgraceful for himself even the things that may be legally okay the things that many people may do but a person who is coming from a prestigious from a noble family from a noble background don't do everything doesn't do everything for him his honor is very important There are many things that, even if the law is silent about them, good people never do them. For example, if tomorrow they say there is no ban on, for example, trade of, for example, drugs, still many people would not do that. If it is said there is no ban, on, for example, a slavery. And still many people don't do that. Why? Because these people have value for themselves. These people honor themselves. If you honor your health, would you eat every food? No. You would say, I want my health. This food is poison. This food is useless. This food is junk. I don't eat everything. What about your spiritual food, spiritual health, for sure those who have such an understanding, such esteem and regard for themselves, they would not do everything. They would be very careful about what they do. So Imam Salam says, such people would find it very easy to resist against bad temptations, against their own loss and lower desires. The other hadith which is indeed part of what Imam Ali salam wrote to Imam Hassan, his son, Imam Hassan al-Mushtaba alayhi salam, is this, وَأَكْرِمْ نَفْسَكَ عَنْ كُلِّ الدَّنِيَّةِ You find it on the page 30. Keep yourself above every low thing. Respect yourself, honor yourself, and keep it above everything which is bad. Even if that lower thing, that bad thing, may somehow bring pleasure to you, you may enjoy doing that in a sense, you may like it. So, you have some desire in doing this bad thing, but honor yourself and keep yourself higher. Then, Imam brings the reason. Why? Please, reflect on this very important sentence. فَإِنَّكَ لَن تَعْطَابَ بِمَا تَبْلُلُ مِن نَفْسِكَ عِذَوَةً It is very important. Imam doesn't say that because if you do something bad you will be punished. You will be blamed. You will be given fine and penalty. No. This may all be true but something very important. Imam says, because when you do something bad, you are losing something from yourself. And what you are losing would never be 
restored. What you gain instead of what you are losing would not be enough. فَإِنَّكَ لَنْ تَعْتَاضَ It comes from عِبَاد. عِبَاد means something you give or take instead of something else. For example, I give you a book, then you give me another book, or you give me some money, you, you give me some object. So that is evas for this book. So like a return, like a payment for this. Imam says, when you do something bad, you are not only doing something bad. You are giving part of your integrity, part of your purity, and what you are gaining would not match. This is very important understanding. So we don't need to be only warned by religion or you know to say if you do this there is such a punishment for you. This is sin, this it leads you, you know, to go to hell. No. If we have such understanding of our own honor and dignity, we will not do anything wrong. The people who are at this level of understanding, they don't need to be warned by hell or to be rewarded by that. If you do this, you would be you know, given. You know, for example, a person who is very good person, very honest person, it doesn't need him to be said, if you are honest, we reward you. Or if you are dishonest, we punish you. No, he loves to be honest. This is the level of understanding that we have to reach. Of course, hell is there, heaven is there, reward and punishment, all are there. There is no doubt about them. But I am saying that, do we really need to be frightened so that we keep a, a, an honest person, we remain an honest person? Do re I really need to be frightened by going to fire so that I decide to help my fellow human beings, my brothers and sisters? No. A person with honor and integrity who doesn't need these things, he finds this his own commitment, his own desires. So, such people never do something wrong. Because they don't like to do something wrong. They think that it is like polluting themselves. Let me ask you a question. How many of you wash their face and, you know, for example, try to have uh, their face clean because of the law or because of what people say? Do you wash your face, for example, and try to make your body clean? Because of law, there's a law requirement, legal requirement, or because, you know, people, you know, say, if you don't do this, you know, we will punish you, or, you know, we will, you know, cut off our relation with you. Of course, it's all, it's true, that if you are not careful, you know, about your health, about the way you look, people may, you know, have bad view, they may, you know, abandon you, it may happen. Even if you are very careless, you know, about your health, maybe you end up with even being stopped by law. This may happen, but how many people clean themselves and wash their face, try to avoid pollution because of what other people say or because of the legal requirements? Very little, if at all. Every sane person wants to be clean automatically, wants to be away from germs automatically. And this is what we have to achieve about spirituality. If we have self-knowledge, we will achieve this. Okay, I think our time is uh, over. So I stop here and inshallah we will continue this discussion uh, next week. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah increase our knowledge and understanding. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable us to understand that the only thing that really 
can satisfy us is the connection to Him. If, inshallah, we get experience of this connection, then we will never be satisfied with anything else. So, please send your questions, and inshallah, we will try to answer your question. Thank you very much. Okay, the first question is that in our Muslim communities, conflict arises, or conflicts arise, because each group thinks that they are on the right path. How do we resolve this? Okay, this is a very natural uh, situation among human beings. Human beings have this ability to decide for themselves. We think, and as a result, we come to different conclusions. Of course, one conclusion can be right. This is what we have to accept. Truth is one, but people have different understanding of the truth. What should we do? Shall we fight? Shall we use force to stop or to silence the people who don't agree with us? This doesn't work. So what should we do? We should continue thinking. We should discuss with each other. I think one of the requirements for humanity is to use words instead of weapons, to use logic instead of force, to talk instead of stopping our conversations. So if we get involved in nice, respectful dialogue, with the people with whom we disagree, then inshallah, either I come to understand that my position was wrong, or the other party, or maybe we both were wrong, there is another, for example, possibility. What is important is, nothing should make us fight over the truth. Because this is not serving the truth and this is not also serving us. If there are people who are really interested, then we can have dialogue with them. We can talk nicely, respectfully. And at the end we have to accept that it's not possible always to have agreement. People may disagree. Just as I said, remember that the truth is there. Have a doubt about the truth. And try yourself to be as close as possible to the truth. As committed as possible to the truth. If there are people who don't want the truth or they are not committed to truth, then they don't harm you. Just make sure that your understanding is correct. And if they are ready to have discussion, you should welcome as a human being, as a believer, as a seeker of truth, we should be always available for nice, respectful and genuine discussion. We don't want to force people, we don't want to impose our ideas on the people, we just want to share with them. And the second question is Salaamu Alaikum Shaykh Alaikum Assalam Rahmatullah Can you please define noble family? Uh, of course a noble family is a family which is made of noble people and is formed in a noble way this is a noble family. So you have a man and woman with children or without children. So those who cannot have children. Still is a family. Family is made when there is a union between two human beings. 
Of course, if they have children, they should thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If they cannot have children, still they are family. And this family is a blessed union that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His creation has planned for us. We human beings are made in the way that we will never be satisfied, we will never be uh, able to have sukun, tranquility, without finding our match. So, two noble people, for the sake of purity, integrity, finding their uh, tranquility, tranquility, sorry, they get married with each other, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is witness over this, and this is a noble family. Something which is based on good intention, based on taqwa, and also is an answer to the way that Allah has created us. This is a noble family, and everyone, whether these uh, husband and this husband and wife, the in families, the in-laws, uh, the friends, the community, everyone should help this noble union to be kept and become stronger and stronger. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless your family and inshallah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep your family safe from anything which is bad and disliked. The third question, how to think of God as he cannot be defined? Yeah, this is a very important question and of course uh, this needs by itself an independent discussion. Uh, just we will talk about it uh, later a little bit when we talk about our origin because we have a chapter called our origin we'll talk about it but if you are more interested then uh, uh, there is a book called God Existence and Attributes which is the first volume of Islamic reference series and in this book uh, I have a paper uh, with my, my wife, image of God in the Quran. So, in this paper, we have tried to uh, classify all the qualities and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala according to His own word, according to His own message, which is the Quran. And that is a fair understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if we refer to His own word. And of course, there are other papers in that work, book by other people that can help you. But inshallah, as I said, we will have a very brief discussion about this in future when we talk about our origin. But something very important is that if you want to have a proper understanding of God, you have yourself to go higher. You know, if you want to understand something, so you have to be at least at a level that you can have some encounter. So, it's very difficult to, for example, have proper understanding of what, for example, to be a scientist means, if you yourself are not a scientist or close to be a scientist. We can never be like God, but we should get as close as possible to Him so we can have some understanding of Him. If you want to describe what does it mean to be on the top of, for example, Everest. You cannot do this when you are in the bottom of Everest. You have to go and you have to climb higher and higher. So, the people who have gone higher and higher in their understanding, in their spirituality, they are in a better position to understand. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that Subhanallah amma yasafoon illa ibadallah al-mukhlasin. Allah should be glorified and Allah is greater than any description which is made by people except those servants of Allah who are mukhlasin, who are the purified ones. Those who are purified, it means that they have detached themselves from anything which is low, 
they have gone high, so they have better encounter of Allah, they can have better description of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, question four. As one works on purifying themselves, they come across people who are evil-minded. How does one keep themselves from their level? Of course, first of all, uh, as I said in the previous session, we have to be careful not to be judgmental. Uh, so if you are really in the spiritual process, you should be very hesitant and reluctant to say someone is bad. I'm not saying there are not bad people, but I say in the first place you have to be very cautious because unfortunately sometimes, you know, as soon as we have disagreement with someone, we think that that person is a bad person, that person is evil. And this is not the case. Maybe it's just disagreement. Maybe that person for some reason has not been able to understand or able to practice properly. So first we have to make sure that we don't label people quickly. And secondly, what we need to do is to safeguard our own integrity. As I said, if we can have our own integrity, no one can harm us. So, you should have proper understanding of what you are supposed to do. If other people help you, fine. If other people don't help you, fine. If other people even try to stop you and harm you, still fine. This makes it more challenging for you, but Again, the reward will be greater. If, for example, people in your family or, you know, I don't know, your colleagues, anyway, there are bad people around you and they don't help you or even they, you know, want to harm you, if you know what to do, then they will not harm you and this even leads you to have greater reward. So what is important is we should pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the wisdom and inside to understand what is needful. The rest would not be stopping us. The fifth question is, if a person is not born into a noble family, let's say is born of an illegitimate relation, then it's not her or her fault. Why should they suffer for something they were not responsible for? Is that justice? Okay. Uh, we will have some discussion about the uh, idea of free will and also to what extent we are free and we are responsible. But very briefly what I can say here is that yes, if a person is not born into a uh, noble family, if he's not a legitimate child, okay, this is not his fault. So for sure Allah will not punish him for this. And for sure Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not tell him that you have no chance for being a good person. What is the case is that this person, because of the bad actions of the parents, or you know, if one party is you know responsible, for example, you know, a person you know rapes someone and then that person you know becomes pregnant, for example. Anyway, if both parties or one party was responsible, anyway, for sure this child is not responsible, and for sure Allah subhanahu wa taala would have His mercy. For this child, Allah would not withdraw his mercy from this child. And if this child wants to be a good person, Allah's support is there. It is maybe more difficult for him than a person who is born into a noble family. But again, when there is difficulty and still the person keeps going on the right path, Allah's support would be more. Allah's reward would be more. So the people who are born into a bad family or bad society or bad environment for any reason maybe they find it more difficult but at the end what is important is that what people do in the setting that is available to them so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would never compare A to B and say to A that you must perform like B. No, Allah says to A, you must perform your best according to your own situation and B according to his own situation. So, if someone, a very simple you know, example, if someone has been given ability to become 
the first, for example, scientist, and another person has been ability to become just a person who can read and write. Then, if the person who can be the best scientist just becomes, you know, for example, a graduate, he would not say, oh, I am better than that person. He can just read and write and I can be a graduate from university. Allah says, no. That person could reach this level. This was the maximum that he could reach and he has reached. You could reach much higher and although actually now you are more or higher, but this was not the maximum you could reach. So I would reward him much more than you. So the expectations of Allah are based on what, the what type of situation you have. So Allah would ask you to have the best performance in your own setting and in your own situation. And question six, other religions also talk of knowing and getting closer to God. Is there a difference between the other religions and Islam? Of course, every person and every religion, after careful understanding, we can say, they have a search for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whether they know or not, whether they like it or not. There are some people who may not believe in God, or they may not even like to talk about God. Or even there are religions who don't talk about God. You know, for example, in Buddhism, they don't talk about God, and there is discussion, you know, maybe some branches of Buddhism, they believe in God, but they don't talk, you know, clearly about God, if you can call them religion. So, there may be religions that they don't believe expressly in God. But what we believe is that this is something which is very central in the life of every person, whether that person understands or not. It's impossible not to believe in God. What we need to do is to make this belief conscious. We need to make this belief the center of our attention. Otherwise, every human being has this understanding of Allah and every religion has this understanding of Allah. Even those who deny God, they don't deny God. They place someone or something in the place of God. So they make someone or something their own Lord because they know that they have a Lord. So it's impossible for us human beings not to think of God and what is important is that to have conscious understanding of God, to have some understanding which you have control over it, because you have logically and rationally grasped this. Otherwise, it may be something that is there unconsciously and therefore may be subject to confusions, to misunderstandings. Okay, so it seems that uh, our questions are uh, finished uh, and just uh, there is a request to remind people, uh, brothers and sisters, to provide us with your email address so that uh, they can inform you about uh, the, you know, any information that should be passed on to you. and. Also, please uh, send your feedback about the technical aspect or about the content. Any feedback would be appreciated. And please also uh, don't forget to uh, remember your brothers and sisters and all human beings in your dua. Especially we should inshallah pray for the people uh, with whom we share this session. The people who watch it live, inshallah. Uh, we should feel that we are connected. There is no distance between the souls if they want to get united. So nothing should keep us separate. So we should pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that let our hearts be united with each other and let our hearts in a united way understand and feel the sweetness of remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
and the joy of knowing that He is pleased with us. May Allah be pleased with you and may Allah bless you and your family. Thank you very much. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillah rabbil alameen.